HabitShare is an app that I use every day. If you're not using HabitShare, go ahead and install it, iOS or Android. It's free. It's one of my go-to favorite apps that I use to create and track habits each day that you just read on your phone on HabitShare that basically say your self-talk statements. And what that's going to do is that's going to train the positive voice inside your head, the neutral voice inside your head, and you're going to be feeding the positive and the neutral and starving the negative, which is what we want to try to do. Full disclosure, HabitShare is not a financial supporter of this podcast, but it's a great app that I use daily, and I just want to share it with you. Now on to today's episode. Action or inaction? This episode is especially dedicated to the great folks at Decision Lab. This is the Resilience Podcast 276. I'm Cecil Ledesma, recording live from Austin, Texas. It is so beautiful here. Happy St. Patrick's Day. It's Thursday, March 17th. Suppose you're a soccer goalkeeper preparing to block a penalty kick in the midst of a very important game. If you're like most goalkeepers, when attempting to stop a penalty kick, you'll jump to either the left or right nearly every time. You've got to make a choice, left or right. Yet your chances of successfully blocking the kick are statistically greater if you simply stay still. So, what compels you to jump instead of standing your ground? Ever think about that? It's the action bias, the notion that doing something is better than doing nothing. You may feel that people would judge your failure to make the save less harshly if you could prove that you made an attempt to stop it. Unfortunately, as counterintuitive as it feels, in this case, it's inaction that increases your odds of success. The action bias describes our tendency to favor action over inaction, often to our benefit. However, there are times when we feel compelled to act, even if there's no evidence that it will lead to a better outcome than doing nothing would. Our tendency to respond with action as a default, automatic reaction, even without solid rationale to support it, has been named and termed the action bias. Listen to this. The devil makes work for idle hands. That is an old expression that emphasizes the notion that staying busy will keep you out of trouble. Surely you must have heard that. It's just one example of how we consider a lack of action to be wrong. Such notions predate the development of the concept of the action bias by centuries. Although this bias is nothing new, the theory behind it was only developed recently. So, there are many things that we still don't fully understand about it. 
Despite these limitations, researchers have found some evidence for what context gives rise to the action bias. Our propensity for action stems from our need to be in control. By taking action, we feel as though we're actually doing something to forward ourselves or to better our situation. Actively doing something makes us feel as though we have the capacity to change things while doing nothing makes us feel like we've given up and have accepted we can do nothing more. Essentially, action makes us feel better about ourselves than inaction, which serves as reinforcement for this behavior. You know, overconfidence has been tied to committing the action bias. While in some cases we take action in order to regain our sense of control over the situation, in others, we take action because we feel that we have significant control over the outcome. Still not convinced? Listen to this. I want you to consider the financial markets where overconfidence causes people to trade frequently as they're certain that their decisions will lead to lucrative outcomes. Specifically, this tends to occur in uncertain situations, can you say pandemic, when people attempt to predict which stocks will rise or fall. Their confidence in their ability to make such predictions incites them into action. Granted, in these cases, action may pay off, but often it's discovered after the fact that it may have been better to take a more hands-off approach. We take taking action, we equate taking action and keeping busy with productivity, another quality we assign significant value to. However, a lack of action often proves to be more productive than taking action. Here's another example. We're on a roll today. Imagine being stuck in traffic. Imagine being in bumper-to-bumper traffic on a highway. And whose idea was it that leaning on your horn is going to move traffic along? Hmm, Still baffles me. So you might find yourself frustrated at the fact that you're moving at a snail's pace and consider getting off at the first exit to take another route to your destination. This could wind up taking even longer than staying on the busy highway would have and could cause you to use even more gas. While logic tells us that staying on the highway is more efficient, we feel that getting off of the highway is the more efficient decision. This is because when we sit in traffic, we feel like we're getting nowhere. While on the other route, we're able to drive at a reasonable speed. Here, taking action is actually less productive than deciding to stay put, even if it doesn't feel that way. So, choosing action, choosing, I'm sorry, choosing inaction over action doesn't mean giving up. As a matter of fact, it's frequently more productive to do so. 
Consequently, it's necessary to avoid the action bias so that action doesn't continue to be our default response. Choosing a lack of action is a good practice in patience, which can be challenging to develop. Self-control is a skill that needs to be cultivated, and the more we work on it, the stronger it gets. Remember, the goal here is not to eliminate action as a response altogether. The point is to give equal consideration to inaction as a possible response and to avoid automatically resorting to action. In doing so, will allow for more effective decision-making and more profitable outcomes. So, the next time you're stuck in traffic, instead of becoming frustrated and getting off the highway at the first possible exit, sit for a moment and rationalize your situation. Taking a pause to think through the consequences of action versus inaction can help you support or find fault with your initial urge to act. And that's it for the Resilience Podcast. See you real soon. Hey, I'll see you next time, and thank you so much for tuning in. That about wraps it up. But before you jump off, two quick things, actually uh, three. One, I've always wanted to author the conversation on resilience and mental health because as a very proud Navy father, these topics affect me personally. And as you go about your day, be sensitive and be kind always for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you probably know nothing about. Your life is a gift and it's precious to me. And thank you so much for being a part of this community. And I'm not quite sure how you landed on this podcast. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that we're all in this together and that we can have a conversation is amazing. I feel very honored to be in your ears right now and that you spend a portion of your morning, noon, or night with me. And whether this is the first podcast you've listened to or you've been a loyal listener, I just want to say thank you. And last, please, I would be honored if you checked out my website at CecilLedesma.com. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on Twitter at Cecil Ledesma. Peace.